0: But just in terms of uh, th- some of the stuff that Rob was sharing that, um, that we'll unpack some of it a little bit uh, over time, um, I just this morning just felt in terms of where we're going as a church, just a reinforcing of some, of some things in about 10, 15 minutes. Let me, give me 15 minutes just to throw out some things, challenge us a little bit, and then just see um, how the Lord works there. I do feel that uh, um, it was interesting that Rob was sharing about no fear. We don't have any fear but love, power, and a sound mind, and Damien was sharing with the young people about no fear, and I do feel that we're moving into a season where perfect love casts out fear. We move into His presence, and we don't have any fear. All we do have is um, power, power, Good. love, and a strong mind. In this day and age, we need a strong mind because stuff's bombarding us and coming through all different kinds of things. He wants to shake the people of God and our minds to be weak, but we've got a strong mind. We're full of love and we're full of power. God wants to move in amazing power at this time. But friends, you can only trust us if there's banks for that power to flow, amen? I experienced that with the gas. <laughs> I, I truly am grateful that I'm not disfigured, honestly, um, but I love the power. Jane is also truly grateful. Thanks. Thanks. It's <laughs> a good, it's the right thing to say here. Yeah. Um, but there's power there, but but it needs to be channeled, right? Yeah. So as the people of God, as a church, as he gives his church power, there's got to be the banks that the power can flow. The river can flow through. It's not just all over the place, like a marsh. Amen. So I want to touch on just a couple of things this morning. I wonder if you can turn your Bibles uh, just to Matthew 28. I'm gonna give you a completely new, new scripture. You've never heard of it before. Um, It's a revelation. It's it's there in the Bible. I found it and it's amazing. And I wanna share it and uh, just give you this this truth. Um, And I wanna say uh, on the outset that um, as Rob was sharing, there's a lot of distractions um, in the church uh, today, a lot of distractions, not so many in this church, but there's a lot of distractions in that church. And, uh, and those distractions are coming to take us away from the focus of what God wants us to give ourselves to. And, uh, and there's confusions that God is also trying to uh, fix and establish and sort out in the church so that those don't become distractions as well. Amen. I love what he said um, that the distractions are there to take us away from time with him. So if you're going through difficulties and challenges at this time, spend some more time with him rather than concentrating on the distraction or the problem. Amen, so are you there? Matthew 28, New Testament, first book. Um, Let's just quickly go down to verse um, 20. No, let's let's read from verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? I don't know if you, any of you have heard it. It's wonderful. It's a beautiful scripture. <laughs> It's very beautiful, I love that it starts off with all authority in heaven and on earth. There was a plan and a purpose that God had since the beginning of time, friends. Adam and Eve were given authority in this world When they were given authority in this world, they handed that authority over to Satan. We know that. Luke chapter four, verse six, Jesus being tempted by the devil uh, out in the wilderness, been fasting for 40 days, the devil tempts him, and then he takes him up to that high place and he says, look out of here. And he says, all these kingdoms I'll give you and all authority, I'll give it to you because it has been given to me. So Adam and Eve handed over authority on this earth. Uh, Jesus comes back and he restores back and takes back all that authority from the enemy because he didn't debate with the enemy right then and there. He knew he had to go to the cross to get it back. He just gave him the word. He just gave him the word. But then he goes to the cross and he dies and he gets all authority back in this earth and all authority in heaven. All, I don't know if you know the Greek word there, what it means. It means (laughs) all. (laughs) nothing short, nothing a little bit left out, all. So think about this, all authority in heaven and on earth. So he's restored us even better than Adam and Eve, right? Didn't just give us back authority on this earth, but he gave us authority that's on this earth and in heaven, all authority has been given to Jesus. Jesus now comes into our life, gives us all authority. And now because we have all that authority, he says now we can go, right? So we are sent ones with all authority. We are sent ones with power. But now Jesus says interesting words. He says, as I am, so are you on this earth. So we now, we've gotta look to Jesus, look at his life and say, we wanna model that which he modeled because as he is, so are we on this earth. And when we look to Jesus, an interesting life. We see Jesus drawing aside and to be alone. We also see Jesus preaching to the crowds. We see Jesus giving himself to personal time, and we see Jesus giving himself to community time. Scriptures, if you want. He got alone to pray, Mark 1, verse 35. He preached to the crowds, Mark 2:13. Then we have these amazing little pictures that He goes and He picks 12 disciples and He chooses to invest His life into those 12 disciples. And we see Him going and we see Him sharing parables to crowds. And then we see Him drawing aside with these 12 and explaining the intricacies of what he's just shared as a parable and the little stories and what they mean. One of my favorite scriptures is found in Mark 3, verse 14. Should I just read that quickly? Mark 3, verse 14. You can turn a couple of pages and you if you're still at Matthew 28, uh, Mark chapter 3, verse 14. And he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they might be with him. And he might send them out to preach. He appointed 12 to call called apostles that they might be with him. There's an interesting picture here of Jesus. He's, he's got alone time, he's got crowd time, he's, he's ministering in, in a crowd context, he's going and he's personally sharing in a more personal context. And uh, where am I going? I I want you to see something here. Jesus was willing to bless the masses and the crowds, but what drove his ministry was investing in the few who would lead the church after he had fulfilled his purpose and mandate of dying on the cross and going back to be with the Father. His time and his attention moved from personal time with the Lord and faithfulness and communion and relationship with God to also time with 12 disciples. So we've read Matthew 28. Can I can I say here today that what God has called us to do when Jesus came and he said, to those fishermen on that shore, follow me. Follow me, in that word follow me, is discipleship and making disciples. It's all in following him. There's a cost to discipleship, there's a personal cost that we have in our relationship with God, in drawing aside, in spending time with Him, in letting Him minister to us, in being faithful to Him. But there is also a cost of making disciples. We must not minimize the one against the other. Basically, making disciples is not just simply evangelism or getting a person to say the prayer. As we just read, making disciples is more than just baptizing them. See, baptism happens as an event. Person gets saved, all of heaven rejoices, angels are all rejoicing. But then it also, in the same verse or verses, it says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded them. One is an event, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptized, saved. But then teaching them is not an event. That's a process. That's a lifetime. Turn with me to two Timothy. I'm gonna give you the scriptures and maybe just try and wrap it up as fast as I can. 2 Timothy chapter two. You then my child, verse one, you then my child be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Timothy here is capturing this, uh, Paul is capturing this picture here. You're seeing actually a generational process that's happening here. Paul is speaking to Timothy and he's telling Timothy, that which I have entrusted to you, Timothy, you entrust to faithful men and faithful men will then entrust it to others. There's this process of the gospel, of entrusting the gospel into people's lives so that they can entrust the gospel into people's lives. The the, the. Content is the gospel. The intent is multiplication. We got this. It's called the gospel. It's not just about our lives. We got saved and we thought this was all about me. No, it's not about me. It's about me and it's about others. It's about me with my intimacy in relationship with God and it 's about leading others in an intimate relationship with God, so they can entrust others so they can entrust others. am, I, am I saying okay uh, so what is uh, what is uh, uh, this disciple making it 's essentially it 's spiritual parenting it 's a, it's a, it's a flow of of uh, maturity flowing from uh, one from a believer through to a, a young believer. Um, it's basically, I it define uh, um, making disciples like this it's intentionally and relationally investing yourself in the spiritual growth and maturity of another person or another disciple. Do we get that? Investing yourself in the spiritual growth and maturity of another disciple. Now, he's just said that to us. He's just, he's just spoken that in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. And then verse 2, he says something interesting. He says, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Wow. That's an interesting thing to say straight after you've just talked about making disciples. You just said to Timothy, you need to entrust this gospel to faithful people. You need to spend time Jesus models for us how he chose 12 people and he plowed his life and he spent time pouring into them that they would be the ones that would carry it. Not just him, his relationship with God, not just spending time with the masses. Remember, we are talking about Jesus, church. Talking about Jesus who can basically do anything. You can just tell all the fish in the sea, boys, come on the left side of the boat. Hang around there and just wait for me. Why? Don't worry. You just hang around there. Okay, fishing guys, how about you throw your net on that side of the boat? Fish are swimming. Catches all these fish. Come on, you can tell the guy to go and say, listen, Peter, why don't you just go down there, grab your fishing pole and just hoi in there, whatever. And the first fish that you catch, is open its mouth. It's gonna have a coin inside. It was a fluke, it was a one self. Really? Because they just keep fishing all day and just bring them out and just fill up the bag and then we'll never have to worry about finances again and you and I can go to the Capernaum Royal Palace <laughs> and uh, Southern Sun and, um, and we can just put our feet up and drink pina coladas next to the pool. He says to him, you need to make disciples and then he says, share in the suffering. It means it costs to make disciples. And it means you share in the suffering as a good soldier. Now there's so much I could talk about about being a good soldier. One thing I shared, I think it was yesterday, um, I was just sharing how a lot of the time in the life of the church, because we don't see value in certain things, we don't um, go to them, let's say. So we have training, we have things happening in the life of the church. They are to help us to know how to use our weapons. Right So that we know the banks, we know what we're doing, we know what the purpose is, friends. Otherwise, I can, every single one of us, when we walk out of here, we can all be handed an R4. Okay? It's a raffle. Every single one of you got a raffle, it's all echo, and we're going, now we're going to go. And for those that are not trained and don't understand what it is, they'll be saying, "Well, what do we do with this? And where are we going? What's happening? Oh, what happened? Sorry. Four of you just got taken out. It's fine. See what happens in the life of the church because people aren't committed, and they're not like in the army, and the trumpet call goes at five o'clock. Get out of bed now. We come on, we're going to go to training. We're going to go to the we're having the weapons training. Some of us are sitting there going, I had a late night last time. I've got a nine o'clock appointment with the hairdresser. And I'll meet you at 11. And then they meet us and then they get handed. Now we're all going to go. We're going to do this thing together. What is this guy? Oh, that's the trigger, so that's the authority. Okay, and the power, what's the end of this? Okay. And you've got people that are standing there all ready to run. Come on, that's a picture of the church. Church is trying to be effective in front of do something and it's getting shot by friendly fire because half the church doesn't know how to use their weapons. So what we gotta do is the people of God, it's not just about us, it's about others too. I wanna get trained by him, I wanna be trained by others so that I can train others. My responsibility in following Jesus isn't just about me, isn't just about my little family, it's about Lord, I wanna believe you for the promises and help me so that I can meet my needs and do everything and get promotion and do my stuff in my business. God's saying this here also is this here, it's the same thing, it's one and the same thing. We all work together in this thing, it's not one or the other. Making disciples, go. All authority and power has been given to you. Now all authority and power has been given to you. Go and establish your home in Nazareth. Go and make disciples. Friends, we've been given all authority and power to make disciples. Not all authority and power to get our answer to prayer and all that, does he care about that? Of course he does. That's never been the focus. The focus is making disciples. Not, and, and here to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and then not just going out to nations, but also here we make disciples. And this church, building the banks of this church is for every single one of us to arise now and to say, okay, it's not just about me, it's also about making disciples. When you put your, 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 your effort into making disciples, friends, you get disciples. Luke chapter six verse thirty-eight says, "Give and it shall be given to you." There is a process in God. Acts chapter twenty verse thirty-five. Jesus, Paul, repeating it, uh, it, it's better to give than to receive. Why is it? Would it be better? Why would it be better? It's better, friends, because that's how you do receive. You give, and that's how you receive. As disciples, friends, you make disciples. That's how you are discipled. And then it says, sharing the suffering is a good soul. I could go on in that, but no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. That's not a a, a differing between a secular and non-secular and and we're must become, Uh, paid full-time people in the church, whatever. We've gone so way past that and that understanding, friends. There was some kind of weird hierarchy in the church where actually the most super spiritual and powerful guys are the guys that actually hand over all their businesses and everything and come and be full-time in the life of the church, paid by the church. Those are the heavy spiritual guys. And then you kind of tear down in the ladder. And friends, there's no ladder in God. The reality is we found out, friends, that you call to a place, you call to a sphere of influence, whatever that is, and everybody's the same. It's a different sphere, friends, that you just gotta be effective in that thing, different responsibilities and functions, just like in a marriage. A husband and a wife, they are different, but they are exactly the same. They have completely two different functions, friends. And the world's got confused about all of that, friends. And that's just, it's, it's got nutty, it's gone crazy. But when you bring it back into its rightful order and its rightful place, friends, then the blessing of the Lord and the power of God begins to flow again. There's riverbanks, Right? In Mary's, there's a river bank. If I don't know who I am, Mary, or. Then the, the banks can't flow, right? So in terms of this understanding, friends, when we get this right, when we get this understanding right. There's an illustration here that he uses. He uses a soldier, he uses an athlete, and he uses a farmer. It's amazing, uh, illustration here about a soldier. He says, he does not get entangled in civilian pursuits. What's he really meaning there? What he's meaning there is that don't get entangled in things that are not part of what you're called to. Not, forget about civilian versus clergy, non-clergy, and all that, he's not talking about that. He's, involved, he's saying in all of our lives, what are you committed to, what are you involved with? We are soldiers, we have a commander in chief, his name is Jesus and He's declaring and He's speaking, friends. That's why obedience is better than sacrifice. You can run around and try and sacrifice your life, helping this one, helping this one, do this, do that, whatever, oh, so wonderful, and giving to this and giving to that. If He's not saying it to you, it benefits you zero. But obedience, friends, is far better than all the sacrifice that's happening, friends. Just be obedient to Him like a good soldier. Don't give yourself to civilian pursuits, other things that are not what God is calling you to, nor what He's called you to do, civilian. I'm in the army. I'm listening to what the commander is speaking. I'm joined together with other guys. We are working together. We're a team together, friends. When the trumpet sounds, it says, go and work, find out how to shoot the rifle, friends. We gather together and we go and find out how to shoot the rifle because one day, I'm gonna have to stand next to a bunch of people that have got rifles. And when they've got a whole bunch of rifles, friends, if I've never been at the training, So, and then when we'd go there, friends, we stand together. If not, I don't know if you've been to the army or whatever, but the, the reality is you bonded together because we're all in the same boat. Disciples. And then he says, what does he say? He says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, but his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Whoa, his aim is to please the one. Friends, there's too many people running around trying to please too many people. Yeah. I can't please all of you, but I can please Jesus. Amen. For yeah. so the one who enlisted me, Jesus, we just, we please him. Friends, you know that, there's a, that he had to make a choice. Friends, that he chose 12. Do you know that because he chose that 12, do you know how many he actually did not choose? There were hundreds, there were thousands. The Bible doesn't even give us, tell us all about them. All those guys that I'm oh, miffed, why did he not choose me? I've been walking around, you know, people were walking around following him, people that were there, pick me, pick me. But he sowed his life into 12 so that everybody could be discipled. Because he knew, I can't give you, friends, I can't give every single one of you the same amount of time, how many know that? But if I can give a few, a whole lot of my time, then those few can give the rest of you a whole lot of time, then every single one of us can get the job done, right? If I try and give you my time, each person gets five minutes and, and none of you actually are effective, right? I'm just, are we catching, I'm, 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 I'm trying to catch the, the heart and the spirit of what Jesus is actually saying here. It's like a soldier, it's being obedient to what the way God said it, it's his the way he does it, right? Karabashanda, if you don't respond, I actually just keep preaching, so. And it says an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. One of the things with an athlete is incredible perseverance. Friends, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when you watch TV and you watch these guys and they're running say an 800 meter race, and the gun goes off and they've got to run two laps around the track. And they run one lap around the track, and then the guy sprints from the one side of the track right across there, dodges all the officials, whatever, and runs through the tape, and everyone gives him a prize. I don't know if you've noticed. Have you? I wanted to know who I was gonna pray for after that. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is, friends, you've got to run according to the rules. There's no shortcut, right? I can stand up before you and say, all Right, guys, we're gonna get a program about mass evangelism. We're gonna get this we're gonna do, this we're gonna do, this is how we're gonna do. You can run across the track, don't worry. You can just run across the track. Friends, the reality of why in the church today, 5%, stay, 5% across the world, 95% fall away in the church today, 95%. I'll tell you why, because of mass evangelism. because you're trying to make a convert and not a disciple. So you're trying to share a moment and not a lifetime. Come on. Yeah, it's See, Jesus gave his life to 12 men that changed the world. Friends, I'm the, I, it's no good me building a whole bunch of programs here if there's no culture in the church. We can go and say, listen, next Saturday, we're all gonna go to the mall. all gonna go to the mall. We're gonna share the gospel and tell people about Jesus. And we go there and everyone's, it's wonderful. The whole church goes there and does it, whatever. And then then that's it. Because there's no culture in the life of the church. We We just don't do that again. That's not what the Bible's saying. The Bible's saying make disciples. It's saying you're gonna have, this is gonna cost. Share in the suffering of the gospel. Christ paid a price and, and he gave himself totally to uh, uh, the cross and everything that we, our sins are forgiven. We, we, it's all done, it, it is finished, it is complete, friends. But then Paul says, we've got to now add to the, the, the suffering. How do we add to that suffering? Friends, the gospel has got to advance. It's got to get out. It's not, we're not adding to the cross, friends. What we are doing is laying our lives down so that the gospel can advance. The way it advances is through discipleship. It's through making disciples. It costs you to make disciples. Like an athlete, friends, perseverance. We have to go according to the rules. We have to operate the way God's wanting us to. Uh, It takes a whole lot of hard work. It takes a whole lot of energy. Disciple making costs us a lot of energy. We've got to say yes to that. The gospel, friends, involves suffering. It does. Don't hide, don't try and deny it, don't try and find somebody else that can preach some other gospel to you, just go and grab hold of the truth of the Word of God and say, the gospel requires suffering. Part of that suffering, friends, is we lay our lives down to stand with others, to walk with others, to choose, to build into other people's lives that which God has built into our lives. Talk about the farmer, the farmer's a hardworking farmer, he ought to have the first share of the crops. I said, just something to do with a farmer too. One thing about a farmer, friends, is I don't know if, how many famous farmers you know. Angus. <laughs> yeah, we all talk about Angus. And I promise you, he never got famous because of farming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know any famous farmers, but do you know some famous athletes? Hey, farmers. <laughs> They're farmers. they the greatest job. If you wanna be famous, friends, don't be a farmer. Come and stand and write a, fam- a book. I'm gonna stand on big pulpits. See, far, nobody knows about a farmer, friends, but he goes out there and he's sowing and he's watering. Friends, but that crop that comes up it's because of the farmer. Discipleship or making disciples, friends, it's hard work. Nobody really sees you all the plowing and the hard work that you put in. But man, I'll end with this if I can. Please, dear Lord, that was a long 15 minutes already. <laughs> taking, okay. Um, something about a farmer I just said is taking the initiative. Um, perhaps this is the biggest challenge in the church today. Is we don't seem to take the initiative. See, because um, it's awkward. I'm gonna come up to somebody and have that awkward conversation. We say, hey, you know, I just, I'd love to disciple you or I'd love to just spend time with you. I'd love to speak into your life or maybe we can speak into each other's life. But to just make that decision, risk the awkwardness, maybe being misunderstood and actually going and choosing a couple of people to disciple, to stand with, to, to, to build with in your life and to encourage one another and to help one another. I am standing here today encouraging every single one of you to go find somebody in this room that you can disciple. And they can disciple you. And there's no hierarchy here. It's just a matter of walking, giving life, talking to one another, encouraging one another, speaking into, sharing the truths that God's giving you, just building one another up in strength. Amen. And then obviously, like a farmer, it takes time. Uh, It takes time to plow, time to sow, time to... And it costs because it's awkwardness. Because when you disciple, friends, you have to be the one that tells the person what they don't want to hear. And it costs. There's far too many in the church today, in general, that are telling people what they want to hear. That is there's not enough people telling people what they don't want to hear. Is it worth it? Let me read you three scriptures and I'm done. Just flick, or wherever you are in your Bible, just flick around and uh, find 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter two. We're gonna go to 1 Thessalonians chapter two. I'm reading the word. I've gone through this maybe too fast this morning, but let's just grab what the Lord's trying to say here. Um, uh, Just read from verse Uh, from verse 19. For what is our hope? So 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. For what is your, our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Wow, isn't that an amazing thing that Paul says there? Speaking to the Thessalonians, and what does he say? He says, What's our joy, our crown? Is it not you? Friends, this is the, this is the joy. The joy is when we make disciples, we pour our life into other people. Friends, they're our joy. If you just click over to uh, chapter three, um, verses uh, six to 10, we'll just read, read that quickly. Chapter three, verses six to 10. But now that Timothy has come, to us from you and has brought us the good news. The good news. That's a powerful word. The gospel is the good news. This is good news that he brought. Good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For now we live. Woo. Paul's hearing the report saying, Wow, you guys are standing fast. You guys are full of love and, 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 and you and you you doing what, what they have poured their life into. Woo! Now I live. you are standing fast in the Lord, for what thanksgiving can we return to God for you for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Wow, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God. And then this, lastly, just three John. Let's go quickly, three John. One John, two John, three John. Let me just read verse four. Verse four says this, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Woo, I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the truth. Friends, that's what uh, a disciple making disciples is, friends, they are it's spiritual parenting. God has given and entrusted to me this incredible deposit. Now I must entrust it to faithful men. We, we choose, we carefully choose who these people are that we're gonna plow our life into, friends. We're not here to please anybody, we're here to please him. We're not just pleasing and, and doing whatever we want, friends. We are selectively choosing those people that we're gonna plow our life into. And then we plow our life into, it costs, friends. We have to suffer at times. At times we have to, uh, we lose. Uh, uh, friendship, we lose people, we lose because of choices that we have to make. But we're plowing in, we're giving of our time, we're giving of our energy, we, we're persevering, we're going according to the rules, friends, no shortcuts. We're not just gathering together three times a year, we have a big briar and we're big and quickly and gather these 17 oaks and just say, Jesus loves you and you're awesome and you're great, whatever, let's burn some meat and let's move on. no. No shortcuts, we are plowing in our lives into them. And as we're plowing our lives into them, as we're building them up, they're being established, they're becoming strong in the Lord, faithful men, and they are beginning to entrust that deposit to other faithful men and women. And as we're doing that, friends, the Bible says there's no greater joy. It might not mean anything to you now, but when you stand before the Lord one day and you're standing there and the fire of God is coming, friends, And when the fire of God comes, man, the wood, hay and stubble, it's gonna get burnt up and there's gonna be nothing. Friends, may not mean something to you now, it will mean something huge then. Maybe you're sitting in this auditorium right now because you need to hear that. Trust me, for every single one of us, that should be a vital day. I don't want the fire to burn everything up, but I want that there's gonna be gold and silver and precious stones. Friends, gold, silver and precious stones is people. It's not about your achievements in this world, friends. It's about people's lives. He's talking about people here. He's always been about people. He's given you all authority and power. He didn't say all authority and power has been given to me. Now go out there and establish 17 businesses and own half the world. Can you imagine when you're given all authority and power, what that means? Jesus had all authority and power. Do you know what was available at His hands? He could have been, no, feed the 5,000, please, man. He could have fed nations. Could have been all great things stood up there. He would have made his name great. But he laid that all down and he plowed himself into 12 people, friends. And they carried that gospel, that treasure, friends, to the rest of the world. And he used all that authority and all that power, friends, woo, for the gospel to train and equip not to make him great, but to make his father great. And so we wanna unfold over the next little while about the power and authority that we have in Jesus Christ. Friends, that power and authority is not for you and I now to just do whatever we want, it's to make disciples. You might be sitting here today and we say, how are we gonna grow this church? How are we gonna do this thing? I what? you know what we need? where's the evangelist in the church? We need him to do a program. We need him to go and set up, go down the road, put a tent out. We'll pay for the tent and all of that. Or we need some sisters some to rise and make a program that we can go do this. Now I've got nothing against the tent and nothing against the program, but I have got something against if there's no culture. And I'm saying the way Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples is the way Jesus said and he said, baptize them. You have to get them saved, yes. But he says, teaching them to observe as well. That teaching them to observe, friend, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes finances. It takes everything, friends, to stand and to walk a journey. I wanna encourage you, every single person here needs to be discipled. And that's including myself. And you need to push past the awkwardness of like, eh, well, yeah, shh, just, Go to people that you trust, people that you feel are, it's always good to have people that have gone further than you, people that, are, that you feel are maturer than you to speak into your life. Because you see, there's a, there's a connection here about the generation. Timothy's trusting, but he's also to Paul. He's got a Paul in his life who's discipling him. He's also got faithful men that he's discipling. At any one stage, friends, that should be going on all the time. So in this church, you should be being discipled and you should also be discipling. And we wanna do that, friends. One of the ways you can do that is through home groups. Quick punt for home groups. If you're awkward and you don't know who I'm gonna speak to, whatever, go to a home groups. Easiest way to meet somebody and then you can chat to them. You can bond with them. You can have a cup of co- uh, Coke. Um, <laughs> cup of Coke. <laughs> glass of Coke. <laughs> and, you can, uh, and then you can connect with and You can help one another. That's how we, we do this thing in a simple way. But you don't have to. If you can't get to home groups and you're busy and whatever and that, you can certainly phone people and you can meet them and you can look at your, your programs and how you can work together. There's no excuse at any one of us here. You might be the busiest, okay, you might be the CEO of the biggest company in the whole of South Africa. There's no excuse because you can connect with somebody who can actually connect with you, speak to you, phone you, meet with you whenever you're available. Amen. So I've said it in a very, very fast way and I wanted to do it in a nice, uh, fluffy, spiritual way. but. The reality is, friends, what we call to, if we've been sold a dummy in terms of the gospel, we were just called to me. Mimiatis, I like that, what Rob said. We, we're all suffering from the Mimiatis virus. Um, friends, the reality is the gospel was always about you and others. It was always about us that we get saved. Thank God. We get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And now, friends, we get disciples. By who? By Him? By those around us. And Jesus gave himself to both, not just to one or the other. He gave himself to both. So as the people of God, we don't just come to church or some attendance place. We are the church. So if we're just coming to that, just to that place, friends, then we have stuck on the one side. Because then I'm coming to church for me. Then I, I will find language like, oh, worship wasn't so good this morning. Well, fortunately, they weren't worshiping you. Right? Yeah. I'm smiling, I promise, I'm smiling. I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy. I'm saying when we come, we come together because I'm, we're family. I'm laying my life and you guys, some of you are my joy. Oh, that was terrible. All of you are my joy. <laughs> You're all my joy. But I'm discipling some more than others. <laughs> but I can't get to every, every single person, but we can get to one another we can help one another, amen? amen. Shall we stand? <laughs> Before I put my foot in this. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna do a 30 second prayer. Thank you, darling. for well, just encouraging me, okay. <laughs> I just, I wanna say I love you guys. I love this family. I feel like God's ordained something divine over this house. And I feel like you were placed here for this very moment. And if you've been wandering around all your life and you suddenly came here, I'll tell you why you came here. God's got a plan, a purpose for your life and he planted you here because here's where you're gonna flourish. And there's a divine release that's about to happen that as Matthew was sharing that this morning with the prophetic word and he was just shaking so much, God's making us strong. Friends, I know an anointing just comes and it's because he wants to make us strong. And so I wanna just pray today, Lord God, all that I've shared, that it wouldn't just be a nice word, and off we go, and we're gonna have lunch and do something else, and that's great, and we'll come back next week. I'm just saying, Lord God, I'm asking with every part of my being, the living word would be living and active inside of our lives. What I've said today, Lord God, whatever's of me, just let it fall aside, but what's the gospel, Lord God, would challenge our hearts. We're not just coming here, Lord God, to attend a meeting Lord, we're part of a family. We're building something huge, Lord God. We're building riverbanks, Lord. We're all on the same page, all working together, all uh, helping one another, doing life together, establishing, strengthening one another, discipling one another, Lord God, paying a price, Lord God, to establish a city to establish a home for you, Lord God, to establish a place where people can come in, Lord God, not get shot by friendly fire, but a place where they can come in, Lord God, and drink and get refreshed, Lord God, and established and healed, Lord, where they can come, Lord God, and their life can be turned around, changed, transformed by a group of people that have laid down their lives for others, Lord. A group of people, Lord God, that there's no needy one among them, there was no needy one among them because they released and they met all the needs, friends, There wasn't no needy one among them because they were so spiritual, heaven dropped down a whole bunch of gold into their laps. There was no needy one among them because they gave. Father, I pray today, Lord, that we would catch the heart of what you're talking about here, Lord. The initiation is giving, and then we receive. Every one of you have an incredible wealth and a deposit from God, wisdom, the gospel, you, 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 you don't realize how much you know. And God just wants you to, you to put your hand up and go share that with others. Help others, talk to one another. It doesn't make you a big boss or you more important or you know more or whatever. Friends, we all got weaknesses, we all got strength, but if we share with them with one another and we help one another, we allow the gospel to mature in every one of our lives. Father, I pray, Lord God, for I just release and speak maturity over this church, Lord that we be such a mature church, Lord, such a strong church, a church that disciples one another, Lord God, making disciples, Lord God, not just for us, but that we can now entrust it to other faithful men and women, and then other faithful men and women, Lord God. And then as you bring in the thousands that are gonna come in, Lord, over this next while, as you bring in the thousands, Lord God, that this core group is where it all started from, that we can look back and say, this core group just were willing to lay down their lives and to reach, go through that awkwardness and reach out to somebody and, and, and phone somebody and meet with them and, and pour their life out into that other person, Lord God, and help that other person be the best they can be in God. So I just pray today, Lord God, that which you've begun, will you bring it to completion in Jesus' name. I thank you for your, your calling over this church. Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen.